Good morning, Crosspoint. How's everybody doing today? Good. You are looking great. You're looking wonderful. It's good to see you today. And visitors, it's good to see you. In fact, uh, I, I see some new visitors here today. Church family, can we put our hands together and welcome them? Welcome. Hope that you feel right at home here today. And if you don't have a home church, we warmly invite you to come and be a part of what God is doing right here at Cross Point Church. God is doing some miraculous things, and we are excited to be a part of his activity and join him in his work. I do want to make sure that everybody has message notes. And so now some of you go, man, Harv, you do this every Sunday. Let me tell you why I do this every Sunday. I've had a paradigm shift in all of this. You see, I don't think anybody needs to hear another sermon. I've heard enough sermons in my life to save all of China. I don't need to hear another sermon. But I am very interested in hearing a new message from God. Right? You see, so when Steve preaches, when I preach, when Tammy preaches, we are believing that we have received a message, a word of God that we want to pass on to you. And so that's why I am intent on giving you message notes so that you hear what God has said to us for you. Does that make sense? If you're with me, say amen. Okay, and Amy Williams has uh, message notes and Dana has message notes. So if you need message notes, raise your hands. And these ladies will pass the message notes out to you. I do want to encourage you to keep message notes over the next six weeks because we are big time going to unpack this idea of vision. This is going to be very helpful in your lives personally, and it will be helpful in our lives corporately as a church. As the ladies are passing out the message notes, it does seem like every time I get up here and I think about how many people weren't here for announcements. I go, you better announce this again, okay? If that offends you, sorry. Um, you could be nice if you got to church maybe 10 minutes earlier. That way you could hear the announcements, okay? I, I love you. Just being honest, okay? Keeping it real. <laughs> Today, if you are new to the church, we would love for you to stay and meet the staff, okay? It will be totally comfortable. Nothing uh, will be threatening. Just we're going to sit down and chat and eat okay please stay october 20th i am going to teach a class 101 if you have any questions about cross point church why we believe what we believe what the nazarene church believes i invite you to be a part of that again i teach that so you can ask me any question you want and then everybody say next sunday we are having a fundraiser meal now i want you to know that this is near you guys are with me aren't you fundraiser meal <laughs> I want you to know that Trunk and Treat is very near and dear to our hearts. Last year, we had like 700 people on the grounds here. We're hoping to have the same this year. But I'll just be honest with you. We need about another $750 to be able to put this on in a manner that is worthy of Crosspoint and Jesus Christ. And so we really do need you to participate in that. Even if you want to take it with you, please be a part of that because we want to raise some serious dollars. And if God would lay it on your heart, just throw it on 100 and that would be a great thing for us. And Jess is going, yeah, I'm in charge of it. Please do that. Okay, today we are starting a new series, a vision series. And I want to tell you something. I am so excited about what God is going to do in your life personally, in my life, and in our life as a church. You know, sometimes, Crosspoint, um, life gets blurry. 
sometimes our lives get kind of fuzzy and we need God to take a squeegee and just kind of go and kind of wipe away all the lack of clarity so that we can have real vision. And that's what we're believing God to do here at Crosspoint in the next six weeks to give us clear vision personally and corporately than we've ever had before. I do want you to know that today is a special day for Edith and I and our family. Uh, today, we start our 10th year of ministry here at Crosspoint. And I just want to say it is, it is my great joy to be your pastor, and it is our great joy to be your pastoral family. There's no place else on earth that we would rather be than right here at Crosspoint Church. But I think it's just cool because about four or five months ago, God began to speak to me about vision, and I didn't realize that it was going to coincide with us beginning our 10th year of ministry together. So I believe that God is really speaking and has a word for us in this vision series. Now, there are a lot of definitions for what vision is, and I want you to know that I'm kind of pulling from here and there. All of this isn't mine, but I've collaborated with other people and spoken to God about this and prayed. But there are a lot of definitions for what vision is, but here's the one that we're going to use as a springboard for this series. Would you read it with me? Vision is a picture of the future that produces passion. You see, it's this simple. People who accomplish things in life, do so because they have vision. I love people who are movers and shakers. They have vision. People who make the world a better place do so because they have vision. Think about it. Henry Ford had a picture of the future where Model T would be parked in the driveway of every butcher, baker, and candlestick maker. <laughs> this was the picture of the future that produced passion Within him, Dr. Martin Luther King had a picture of the future where two children, one black and one white, would run and play together and they would be completely oblivious to the color of each other's skin. This was the picture of the future that produced passion within him. Dr. Billy Graham pictured thousands of unsaved and irreligious people coming forward to trust Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior as the choir sang, just as I am. This was the picture of the future that produced passion within him. For each one of these people, their picture of the future made their heart go da 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 made their minds race and their vision for the future instilled a passion within them. Let me ask you a question. If vision is a picture of the future that produces passion, what does that picture look like for you personally? Can you see that in your mind's eye? If you can't see that today, I hope by the time these six weeks are over that when I say that, you just see it in your mind's eye. You know what that is for you. And then let's think about us as a church. What does that picture look like for us here at Crosspoint Church? What makes our heart just go bum, 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 bum? What future, I love this phrase, what future-oriented picture of Crosspoint makes your heart race faster? What vision for the church pumps adrenaline into your veins? Now, for some of you ladies, it used to be nicer, bigger restrooms, right? But now that we have that, that can't be your vision anymore. 
Okay, so we have to have a new vision. What is the picture of the future that fills you with passion? Here's why this is so important. The Bible says, and read it with me, where there is no vision, the people perish. So from a secular viewpoint and from a biblical viewpoint, vision is a pretty important piece in our life. Because without vision, we just have no direction in life. Who wants to live a directionless life and who wants to attend a church where there is no direction? But beyond that, this scripture sounds pretty serious to me that without a vision, people perish. Now, some of you might be thinking right now, well, Harv, I hear what you're saying, but what does vision have to do with my life right now? I mean, I'm just trying to survive right now. I'm just trying to make it through the day. So a message series on vision just doesn't feel that relevant to me. If that's where you are this morning, I want you to know I understand how you feel. But here's something that you may not have thought of. And I want you to listen carefully, okay? Now, check this out. Did you know that the greatest stories about vision in the Bible have come during some of the darkest times in history. Did you know that vision many times in the Bible was born right in the middle of difficult situations and impossible circumstances? It's true. And since that's true, I think for you and I living in the world that we are living in today, I think vision is more necessary than it's ever been. You think maybe so? Vision might be more necessary than it's ever been. There's a man in the Bible. His name was Nehemiah. He lived during the time when the Israelites were coming out of 70 years of captivity. And those that had survived, some of them were returning home to Babylon, to the city of Jerusalem. But of course, when they returned home, everything had been destroyed now check it out okay this is the backdrop for the story of nehemiah one of the greatest stories of vision the world he lived in was falling apart and in a mess well one day when all of this was going on some of the survivors came to talk to nehemiah about the horrible mess that was in Jerusalem because they knew that Nehemiah worked for their king and they were hoping that he could pull some strings and kind of help them out of this mess. So here's how the conversation went that day when they met. And I do want to encourage you to read the book of Nehemiah during this series. Uh, it's a very interesting story. And I would encourage you to read the book of Nehemiah. But this is Nehemiah, and he's narrating the story. Here's what he says. Hanani, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I, Nehemiah, questioned them about the Jewish remnant that survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. They said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. Now watch this. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire when i heard these things nehemiah said i sat down and wept 
I have to be honest. I have a two-month-year-old granddaughter. And sometimes when I think of the condition of the world, it moves me to tears. So I read this passage because I think that there is great correlation between what was going on in Nehemiah's day and what's happening today. But again, this is the backdrop for one of the greatest stories of vision in the entire Bible. So my friend, if your life is a kind of rough right now, you are a prime candidate for God to write a great story of vision in and through you. And when I look at the hurting church of Jesus Christ today, I believe that we are primed and ready for a great story of vision to be written about us today. So here at the beginning of this story, we see Nehemiah weeping. But the next thing we read, he's weeping. Now watch this. He has a paradigm shift. He's weeping. But the next thing we read is that he has a vision to return to Jerusalem and rebuild the walls. But there's a problem living out this vision because Nehemiah works for the king, this guy named Artaxerxes. So he just can't pick up and leave. He has to get special permission from the king to take a two to three month sabbatical and go to his home to the broken down walls of Jerusalem, build them up and then return and work for the king. Got a little itch in my throat. So this and I want you to get this because this is so important for those of you who would say, eh, not going to buy into this vision thing. So this vision that Nehemiah wanted to accomplish, it was an uphill battle all the way around because it just felt like an unlikely time for a vision to be accomplished. And besides this, I think this was kind of a new thought to me, a new truth that I realized this idea of rebuilding the walls had already been thwarted once by Artaxerxes. He had already put a halt to the rebuilding of the walls earlier. So Nehemiah had two strikes against him before he even starts. But in spite of all this, Nehemiah somehow gets permission from the king to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And listen to this. This is amazing. It should have taken a couple years to do it. But watch this, in 52 days, Nehemiah lives out his vision of rebuilding the walls. We read about it in Nehemiah chapter 6, verses 15 through 16. Here's what it says. So the wall was completed on the 25th of Elul. Everybody say Elul. Okay, in 52 days. <laughs> Just wanted she could do that, Elul, okay? When all of our enemies heard about this, you see, there was a lot of opposition to this vision. If any of you have lived out vision, you know that many times there's opposition to vision. It says all the surrounding nations were afraid and they lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work, this vision and all of the action that it took to accomplish this vision, to make it a reality, had been done with the help of, what does it say? Of our God. You see, here's what Nehemiah understood. Vision is a picture of the future that produces passion and moves us to action. Say that with me. Vision is a picture of the future that produces passion and moves us to action. Now, before we unwrap this idea any further, I want us to stop right now. And I want us to ask the Holy Spirit to come and speak his truth. Because I believe in this series 
that somebody's life is going to be changed. And I believe that we are going to move to greater things as a church than we have ever known. So let's pause and pray. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Lord Jesus, you are here. We sense your presence. And I pray in greater measure right now that you would bring a cloud of your glory and covering and truth. Would you captivate us right now? I pray that every word I say would only come from your heart. And I pray that each person that is here today would understand that they are hearing truth and help us to respond to your truth. This is your service. This is your message. I give it to you. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Vision is a picture of the future that produces passion and moves us to action. If you have your message notes, this is the first fill in the blank. Don't miss this. Vision is a clear mental picture of what could be fueled by the conviction that it should be. Write that down. Fueled by the conviction that it should be. Now think about this. Here's Nehemiah. He is a cupbearer for the king. Do you know what he does? <laughs> some, some of you would say, I'd like to have this job. He just goes around and drinks the wine before the king drinks it. Just to make sure there's no poison, you know. So his job was to, to taste the king's wine. So while he doesn't have the best job in the world, he still has a job. And the king likes Nehemiah and he takes good care of him. So you know what? Nehemiah could have said, you know what? This is a horrible time. So I'm pretty settled here. The king likes me. So I'm just going to ignore this whole vision thing. But guess what? Nehemiah was a man of conviction so with strength of character and convictions of steel, Nehemiah becomes this great visionary and he acts on what he knows should be done. Church, I want to say to us today, God is looking for some Nehemiahs today. God is looking for some Nehemiahs today. God is looking for some real men and real women who will embrace a picture of the future that produces passion in them and moves them to action. God is looking for people of character and conviction, people who will take a vision and make it a reality because it should be. Crosspoint, look around you today. Think of the video we just watched. You know, this building, I still many times walk in here and I just shout out, yay, God. This building isn't here simply because we said, well, you know what? We could do that. I guess if we don't have anything better to do, I guess we could go ahead and build a building here in Lutz. You guys know it took a whole lot more than that, didn't it? It took a lot more for us to be in this building today. This building and, let me say this, the ministries of Cross Point Church, this is the reality of vision. Years ago, many of us saw a mental picture of what could be, but we didn't stop there. This vision was fueled by the conviction that it should be, and it moved us to action. And today, Crosspoint Church is an organic, living, breathing reality of what was once just a vision.
as I've been thinking and praying about this vision series, I've thought a lot about how a group of us, 13 or 14 years ago, believed that God wanted us to move from Himes Avenue to the north part of Tampa. And I know that literally we're in the south tip of Lutz, but really we're still in the north part of Tampa. We believe God wanted us to come here and begin a work so that lost people could find Jesus. That's what drove us here. And about two years into this journey, God orchestrated our merge with Faith Church and we had agenda harmony in our vision because their vision and our vision was to birth a church that would make Jesus Christ real to our community. You know, when we started Cross Point Church, our goal was to use culturally relevant methods to present the gospel of Jesus Christ. And can I just tell you, 13 or 14 years ago, that was a very edgy thing to do. <laughs> and some of us paid a little bit of a price for it. But guess what? Look around you. That is our DNA. And that's what we are doing today. And you know what? It is working. I want us to look at some stats here. We could bring those up. The mission of Cross Point Church is to develop fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Over the last 10 years, God has helped us live out this mission. Today, we celebrate over 285 decisions made for Jesus Christ. And we are believing God for hundreds more, not 10 or 15 more, but hundreds more. As a church, we are a life-saving station. That's our vision that produces passion. We celebrate over 100 baptisms, and we are believing God for hundreds more. We believe in incorporating new believers into the fellowship of God's family through this local church. We celebrate over 300 believers coming into church membership, and we are believing God for hundreds more. We provide a structured system for worship service and growth. We celebrate over 190000 dollars given to missions locally and around the world. And we are believing that God is going to help us give thousands more. We are committed to a social gospel. We celebrate outreach in our place in this community. Our next door neighbor, Maniscalco, has nominated us five or six times for the Business Partnership Award of the Year. And guess what? They have awarded us, and this is a big deal, they have awarded us twice with the Business Partner of the Year. We celebrate all that God has done in and through and for Cross Point Church, and we are looking forward to what He will do in the future because we do believe that our best days are ahead. And so on the count of three, we're going to shout yay God together. No wimpy yay gods. I want you to take it right from your toes all the way up. You guys ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Yay God. I think God heard that in heaven. Woo. Why don't we just put our hands together and thank the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done. We give you praise and glory and honor. Amen. Now, God has helped us live out our vision, and we give him praise for that. But as a church, now hear me well, we must never be satisfied with where we are because God has much more for us. If you believe that, say amen. 
And that's why we're taking some time to talk about vision. Because, again, sometimes we get cloudy and blurry and we have to go, God, would you take your big squeegee and wipe away all the lack of clarity so that I can see? And another thing is, did you know that vision kind of has a way of leaking? Vision has a way of kind of slipping away. And we don't want to get comfortable and we don't want to be happy with the status quo. So we are going to continue to challenge ourselves in this area of vision. And here's why. Vision is a picture of the future that produces passion and moves us to action. Now listen to this next part. This is the root. Because spiritual vision is born out of God's heart. That might be a wake-up call for some of us today because spiritual vision is born out of God's heart. Did you catch that, church? The idea of vision is that it's a spiritual idea. When it comes to the church and when it comes to our life as believers, the vision for our life and the vision for this church is a spiritual matter. Sometimes we say things like, well, I have a vision for this or I have a vision for that, but can I just say to us, All of us, if it's not God's vision, it won't come to fruition. If it's not God's vision, won't come to fruition. (laughs) I like to rhyme things. You see, vision always originates with God. Write that fill in the blank down. Vision always originates with God. Now, let me just stop and be very clear about this. Some of you are in the business world. And your leaders out in society. And many times when you get together and you talk about vision, that's one thing, okay? But when it comes to the church, when it comes to our spiritual life, if vision doesn't originate with God, then it possesses no eternal value and therefore it will not be empowered by God to accomplish anything that stands the test of time. Now, church, I want you to hear me well today. This is why I believe that many churches are dying in America. I really believe that. It's sad, but it's true. This might be a shocker for some of you. I I attend a lot of meetings over at our district assembly, and our good DS always keeps us in the loop of what's going on. You know what the most recent statistic is? This is going to shock you. Here's the most recent statistic. I heard this six weeks ago. 94% percent of churches in the united states have plateaued and are now in decline 94 percent only six percent of churches are actually growing and thriving church do you realize today that the very fact that we are functioning this is a miracle only three out of ten church plants make it and that's an old stat i think the new stat is even less than that So many, many, many churches that are started, they go belly up. That's why I feel confident today that the vision for Crosspoint has originated with God. And as we move forward as a church, our prayer should always be, listen to this, Holy Spirit of God, may we only participate in vision that is born in your heart. If you want to pray one prayer for the church, and you're with me, I can can sense it. Holy Spirit of God, May we only participate in vision that is born in your heart. Think about Nehemiah. 
Now think about this. If the vision to rebuild the walls had not been born out of God's heart, it would not have been accomplished. But we know that this vision came from God because when Nehemiah gets to Jerusalem and he starts surveying the damage that has been done, this is what we read in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 11. This is Nehemiah talking. He's just arrived there. He says, I went to Jerusalem and after staying there three days, he had to rest up. He said, I set out during the night with a few good men. I had not told anyone. What does this say next? What my God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. Church, this verse is so powerful. Because Nehemiah shows us the progression of what happens when we receive a vision from God. It's right here on the screen. Now, this is the first time we're putting it all together. So I want you to read this. Here we go. Vision is a picture of the future that produces passion and moves us to action. Because spiritual vision is born out of God's heart and then birthed in the heart of man. Isn't that cool? Do you see the marriage between vision being born in the heart of God and then birthed in the heart of man? See, that that kind of gives me a little bit of a spanking. Because far too often my attitude, and maybe some of you, sometimes our attitude is like, okay, God, here's my list. This is what I'm going to do, and this is where we're going to go, and da, 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 da. And God, we want you to bless this right here. But that's not what Nehemiah did. That is not at all what Nehemiah did. Nehemiah humbly realized that God had birthed a vision in his heart. The rebuilding of the walls wasn't his idea. It was God's idea. When the staff and the church board get together and we talk about vision for the church, one of the ways that we've been kicking off these conversations, and I'm really digging this, We go around the room and we say, how is God working in your life? Tell me about the activity of God in your life. How has God been speaking to you? How is God prompting you? What is God nudging you to do? And as we ask and answer that question, and as we listen to one another, we begin to sense vision that is born out of God's heart. And we begin to sense vision That is then birthed in our hearts. Now let me just stop here and say. If some of you right now would say Harv. (laughs) I don't even know what you're talking about. (laughs) I have no idea. What God's vision is. For my life. If that's where you are this morning. Then here's what I would highly recommend. I would highly recommend that you find. A Christian man. Or a Christian woman, someone that you consider a friend, and that you would talk to them and you would have them say, what's God doing in your life? Can you tell me what God has been speaking to you about when you read the word? And as you listen to them, and if you're able to say, well, here's what I feel like God has been doing in my life. If you'll start listening to that kind of dialogue, I promise you, vision will begin to be born in your heart. And you'll begin to see the vision that has first been born in the heart of God that he's had there waiting for you to come and take. 
when it comes to Crosspoint Church, let me ask you this question. Is, is your mind today, when you think about the vision of the church, is your mind simply filled with what you would like to see happen? Or have you stopped and said, okay, God, okay, if vision is born out of your heart first, then I am going to seek to know your heart so that I can know the vision that you have for Crosspoint and then I'm going to ask for you to birth that vision in me. Born in the heart of God, birthed in the heart of man. Born in the heart of God, birthed in the heart of man. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, Harv, huh, I'm not convinced that, that I believe that this is the way that vision works. Well, let's talk about a few more people in the Bible, okay? Let's think about Abraham. One night, God says to Abraham, hey, go outside and look at the stars that are in the heavens. And then God says to Abraham, Abraham, I'm going to make your descendants number more than the stars in the heaven. And listen, and the vision that was born in God's heart for Abraham was then birthed in Abraham's heart and it became a reality. Think about Moses. God spoke to Moses on the backside of the desert. <laughs> Unlikely place to receive a vision, right? Moses thought his life was over and done with. And God begins to speak to Moses about his plan for Moses to deliver the children of Israel out of 400 years of bondage. And the vision that was born out of God's heart for Moses was then birthed in Moses' heart and then it became a reality. Think about Gideon. <laughs> he was from the smallest tribe of Israel. Gideon's out hiding in the hole in the ground. I love the story of Gideon. He's out hiding in a hole in the ground and God comes up to Gideon and he says, Hey, Gideon, you are a mighty man of valor. <laughs> and I'm going to use you to deliver the children of Israel from their enemies. And the vision that was born out of God's heart for Gideon was then birthed in Gideon's heart. And this mousy little pathetic man becomes a valiant warrior and his God-sized vision becomes a reality. You see, my friends, this really is how it works. I don't know of a story in the Bible or a modern day example of spiritual vision that has come to fruition that was not first born out of God's heart and then birthed in the heart of man. Could it be, church, that maybe this is one of the reasons that we struggle with vision personally and sometimes we struggle with vision corporately? Why vision kind of might be tough for us? Now watch this, okay? I should have bolded this, but I didn't put it up here on the screen. Listen, if we don't position ourselves to know what is in God's heart, then we are unaware of the vision that he is holding there for us. Church, here's my challenge for us as we begin this vision series. God has a vision crafted especially for you. Man, I, look, I love looking down here and seeing these kids look up here. If you're not looking up here, you fooled me because it looks like you're looking up here. <laughs> it looks like every eye is up here. That's awesome. Teens, I want to say to you today, God has a vision handcrafted for you. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. God has a vision specifically for you. We need to understand that. 
He has a clear, concise, continuous vision for you and for every single person here. And you know what? God has a clear, concise, continuous vision for Cross Point Church that's always growing and always becoming more and always bringing people to Him and bringing glory to Him. And if we will have the strength and character and convictions of steel like Nehemiah, if we'll say yes to God, God's specific vision for us personally and corporately will be birthed in us. And here's the awesome part. If you've never really thought about this vision thing too much, I want you to listen carefully because this is very practical. Do you know what happens when God's vision is birthed in us? You're not going to believe it, but it's true. When God's vision is birthed in us, our job becomes an adventure. You don't believe it, do you? (laughs) When God's vision is birthed in us, our job becomes an adventure. Our work, our career, it turns into a romance. It doesn't matter what we do. When we are living out God's vision for our lives, our lives have purpose and meaning and value. Teens, the same thing is for you. You need to know this. God has a vision for you. And if it's birthed in your heart and you're living it out, your chores at home, getting along with your siblings, honoring your parents, your schoolwork, all of it will become like, woo, life's fun. It's an adventure. Not, oh, I got to go clean up my room. Some of you kids are going, eh. <laughs> parents say amen. <laughs> here's why I say this. Listen, here's why we say this. When we partner with God like Nehemiah did, everyone around us will say, wow, the vision that that person accomplished could have only been accomplished with the help of God. The vision that that person accomplished could have only been accomplished with the help of God. The same thing is true with Cross Point Church. If we as a church will partner with God like Nehemiah did, everyone around us will say, wow, the vision that Cross Point Church has lived out, what they have accomplished hasn't been accomplished through them. It has been accomplished with the help of God. You see, here's the thing. If the vision for your life and the vision for my life, if we can live that out by ourselves guess what it's an insult to god did you know that if you have your vision all planned out and you can live it out without god's help without god coming through then it's an insult to god it's way too small that's not something that's birthed in his heart god doesn't birth any small visions do you believe me okay good now if some of you would say well harv okay i'm buying into this thing I believe what you're saying is true, but I don't even know how to start because I really never thought that much about having a vision for my life. So as we close this morning, I'm going to give us three simple steps to jumpstart vision in our life. So make sure you have your message notes. These are three steps to jumpstart vision. Number one, look beyond your present situation. Write that down. Look beyond your present situation. If we're going to become aware of the vision that is born in the heart of God for us, we have to look beyond our present condition and our present situation. When we first read about Nehemiah, 
Remember what we read? He hears about the walls being torn down and he sits down and weeps. That could have been the end of the story. And we would have read about the whiny, hiny story of Nehemiah. Nothing happened, okay? But instead, he chooses to look beyond his present situation, which was a very tough situation. But Nehemiah looks, watch this, he looks beyond what is to what should be. He looks beyond what was to what should be. This is what we have to do if we are going to realize vision in our life. We have to look beyond our present situation. This leads us to the next step. Number two, we have to see into the future. Let's write that down. We have to see into the future. We talked about this at the beginning of the service. Henry Ford, Dr. Martin Luther King, Billy Graham, Nehemiah, they all saw into the future. Because when Nehemiah got permission from the king to go rebuild the walls, he began to see into the future and watch this. He began to ask for things that would make the vision that God had given him become a reality. Hear me, church, if we are going to be successful Christians, if we are going to be more successful as a church, we must have future oriented vision. Future-oriented vision. Rick Warren says if you're doing the same thing as the church today that you did 18 months ago, you're in a rut and you need to be thinking about what God has for you next. We have to be able to look beyond today and see into the future and then adjust our lives to what we see. The next step, this leads us right to the next step. Number three, we need to act on the vision that God has birthed in our hearts. We look, we see, we act. We look, we see, then we act. Nehemiah looked beyond the broken down walls and he saw into the future and he saw with future oriented vision the restored walls of Jerusalem. He saw it, get this, before it even came to be. And this picture of the future produced passion within him and drove him to action And guess what happened? Nehemiah began to take charge. I love this story. I encourage you to read this story. It's so awesome. When Nehemiah asked the king for time off and the king said yes, Nehemiah gets real bold and he says, and oh, by the way, king, could you uh, arrange for my safe transportation there with the posse that I'm going to be taking? And oh, by the way, could you also uh, give me all the lumber that I need to rebuild these broken down walls? When Nehemiah acted on the vision that God had birthed in his heart, the king said yes again, and the, and the vision, easy for me to say, and the vision began to become a reality. Church, with every fiber of my being, teens, with every fiber of my being, I believe that God has a great vision for you personally, each one of you, God has a great vision for your life personally. And with every fiber of my being, I believe that God has a greater vision for Cross Point Church than we could ever ask for or think for or pray for or imagine. And if we will come together and look beyond our present situation and see into the future and then act on the vision that God has birthed in our hearts, I believe 
that greater vision will be birthed and accomplished in the coming days. And when it happens, when we say this year, 250 people got baptized. And when we say this year, 280 people got saved. When that begins to happen, people will say, wow, that vision could have only been accomplished by the power of God. That vision could have only been accomplished by the power of God. That's what vision's all about. It has to be way beyond what we think we can do. It has to be beyond what we think we can do. As we close today, I invite you to stand. We're going to close by reading something together. I want us to read together God's vision for his church here at Crosspoint. And yes, this is a generic vision, but I believe as we go into these six weeks, we're going to get more specific about what God has for us here at Crosspoint. But I want you, as we read this, to believe these words. And so let's read these words with strength of character and commitment and passion. Let's read these words like we mean them. Let's read together. The church that I see is a church of influence, a church so large in size that the city and nation cannot ignore it, a church growing so quickly that buildings struggle to contain the increase. I see a church whose heartfelt praise and worship touches heaven and changes earth, worship which influences the praises of people throughout the earth, exalting Christ with powerful songs of faith and hope. I see a church whose altars are constantly filled with repentant sinners responding to Christ's call to salvation. The church that I see is so dependent on the Holy Spirit that nothing will stop it nor stand against it. A church whose people are unified, praying, and full of God's Spirit. The church that I see has a message so clear that lives are changed forever and potential is fulfilled through the power of God's word. A message beamed to the peoples of the earth through their television screens. I see a church so compassionate that people are drawn from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. I see a people so kingdom-minded that they will count whatever the cost and pay whatever the price to see revival sweep this land. The church that I see is a church so committed to raising, training, and empowering a leadership generation to reap the end-time harvest that all its ministries are consumed with this goal. I see a church whose head is Jesus whose help is the Holy Spirit and whose focus is the Great Commission. Yes, the church that I see could well be our church, Cross Point Church. If you believe it, say amen. 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 Let's pray together. Lord, we believe you are doing a great work here among us. Oh, God. Look down upon us today. See, it's reaching out to you for more. We're hungry for you. We're hungry for your touch. We're hungry to be a church of influence. 
We're hungry for your vision that has been born in your heart for us personally and corporately to be birthed in our hearts. We want to live that vision out, oh God. I pray for each person that's here today that they would get alone with you, that they would spend time with you, and they would talk to you and say, God, what is that vision that is born in your heart for me? I don't want to live my life without direction. I want to know what you have for me. I want to take a hold of that. And oh God, as a church, we don't want to just say, well, let's try this or let's try that. God, we want to know that this is what you have said, that you have laid your hand upon us and that the vision that is born out of your heart, Lord, would be birthed in our heart corporately as a church and we would grab it with both hands and we would live it out. And people around us would say, the only way that could have been accomplished was with the power of God behind it. Oh God, we look into the future and we see Crosspoint in the future more than it is today. We see that it's more tomorrow than it is today. We see that God. And by faith, we reach out and we are going to look and see and act. Oh, Father, we thank you for what you're doing here at the church. I thank you for what you're doing. Father, as we leave this place, may we flow out of this place and be a river of life to everyone we meet. And because your vision is being lived out in our life and we're talking about vision, may it provoke change in our life and change in our church. In the name of Jesus, I pray, and all God's people said, Amen. God bless you. We'll see you next Sunday.